The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Bowl & Branch. Getting a great night's sleep is easier and more affordable than you think. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for $50 off your first set of sheets. Promo code BIGIDEA. Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, April 24th. In today's news... Ten are dead in Toronto after a man intentionally plowed his van into a crowd. Rand Paul flip-flops on Mike Pompeo. And flight records indicate President Trump is not telling the truth about that trip to Moscow. But first, the big idea. Trump's pick to lead the VA may be forced to withdraw. The president promises extreme vetting of all immigrants. But he has repeatedly failed to hold his own cabinet picks, senior White House staff, and judicial nominees to the same standard. Trump nominated his White House doctor, Ronnie Jackson, to lead the Department of Veterans Affairs with no formal vetting or interview. It was outside the normal process for picking someone to lead the government's second largest agency. He's a one-star admiral, but he has little management experience. VA's sprawling health benefits and cemetery system has 360,000 employees and an annual budget of $186 billion. Now, Senate lawmakers have indefinitely postponed the confirmation hearing for Jackson after top Republicans and Democrats raised concerns about his qualifications and also his oversight of the White House medical staff. Congressional staffers are now reviewing multiple allegations that Jackson created a hostile work environment, that he drank excessively on the job, and that he improperly dispensed medication, according to Ed O'Keefe of CBS News. This comes just two days before Jackson was scheduled to testify before the Senate Committee on Veterans Affairs. It throws what was already looking to be a difficult confirmation process into further jeopardy. In recent days, the chairman of that committee, Republican Johnny Isaacson of Georgia, called the White House to express his concern that Jackson is unqualified, and he pressed the president to pick his own former top aide, Thomas Bauman, who's currently the VA's deputy secretary, instead. In addition to Jackson's lack of management experience, the former combat surgeon has come under fire for his glowing appraisal of Trump's health following his annual physical in January. Jackson said at the time that the president might live to be 200 years old with a healthier diet. From the start, Jackson had little support from Democrats and Republicans on Capitol Hill, where lawmakers were taken aback and startled. The president didn't consult them in advance. In recent weeks, the White House sent senior career and political officials from various VA offices to try to brief Jackson on issues confronting the agency before his confirmation hearing. But the process has seemed poorly coordinated, current and former administration officials say. Jackson's struggle is emblematic of a larger dynamic at play in the Trump administration. The president promised to only hire the best and most serious people, as he liked to say, but he has suffered historically high turnover, an enormous number of withdrawn nominations, and many of his appointees who have gotten through the confirmation process are now working under clouds of scandal. He's the first president in American history with no prior governing or military experience. After 15 months on the job, it still shows every day. The Presidential Personnel Office, which is the White House office responsible for vetting all political appointees, has suffered from chaos, dysfunction, and nepotism under the leadership of young and inexperienced Trump political loyalists who seem to enjoy parting 
more than working. Under Trump, the office was launched with far fewer people than in prior administrations. It has served as a refuge for young campaign workers, a stopover for senior officials on their way to other posts, and a source of jobs for friends and family. According to a report earlier this month from our Bob O'Hara and Sean Boberg, one senior staffer alone has wrangled appointments for four relatives through the office. From the start, the office struggled to keep pace with its enormous responsibilities. But even as the demands to fill government mounted, the office became sort of a social hub in the White House complex. Young staffers from throughout the administration stopped by to hang out on couches and smoke electronic cigarettes, which is known as vaping. Office leaders even hosted happy hours in their offices that included beer and wine. In January, they played a drinking game in the office called Icing to celebrate the deputy director's 30th birthday. Icing involves hiding a bottle of Smirnoff Ice, a flavored malt liquor, and demanding that the person who discovers it, in this case, the deputy director of the office overseeing all vetting of presidential nominees, guzzle it down. White House officials confirmed that this actually happened, but they say the young aides were just letting off steam. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one. 10 people were killed and 15 were injured in Toronto yesterday after a van plowed through a group of pedestrians on a city sidewalk. Eyewitnesses described the act, which sent people and strollers flying, as deliberate. Officials say the incident doesn't appear to have a connection to national security, but they say nothing is being ruled out. The driver was identified as Alec Manassian of Ontario. He was taken into custody after a showdown with cops. He brandished an object and told officers to shoot him in the head. Instead, one tackled him. He wasn't previously known to police. Meanwhile, Nashville cops have arrested Travis Reinking, who allegedly shot and killed four people at a Waffle House on Sunday. He was detained in a wooded area about a mile from the diner, and he had a backpack that contained a semi-automatic and ammunition. Number two, Secretary of State nominee Mike Pompeo eked out an endorsement from the Senate Foreign Relations Committee late Monday night after Trump personally intervened and convinced Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky to change his vote. Trump persuaded the Libertarian, who also ran for president in 2016, to support the current CIA director by calling him several times yesterday and assuring him that Pompeo believes the war in Iraq was a mistake and that the U.S. should get troops out of Afghanistan. Another reason Rand might have caved is that he and Trump have become golfing buddies. Pompeo is now poised to be narrowly confirmed by the Senate later this week. His confirmation was basically assured last Friday when Democratic Senator Heidi Heitkamp of North Dakota broke with her caucus and endorsed him. Two other Democrats from red states who are facing tough re-election battles, Joe Manchin from West Virginia and Joe Donnelly from Indiana, followed her lead yesterday. They see no point in casting symbolic no votes that could be used against them in attack ads. Number three, Trump's account of his 2013 trip to Moscow for the Miss Universe pageant, as documented in former FBI director Jim Comey's memos, is contradicted by flight records. Comey says Trump told him two different times that he did not actually spend the night in Moscow, but flight records obtained by Bloomberg show that he was in Russia for Friday and most of Saturday night, amounting to a total of over 45 hours spent in the city. This matters because if Trump did try to mislead the then-FBI director, it heightens suspicions that he did engage in activity while in Russia that could make him a target of Russian blackmail. In related news, 
the Treasury Department has softened its position on Russian metals giant Rusal. The department says it would provide relief on planned sanctions if the company owner, Oleg Deripaska, relinquishes control of the company. Deripaska is linked to former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort, and he's been described as Vladimir Putin's favorite oligarch. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, April 24th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.